Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle, and this is the Spooky Hour. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. What she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, friends. Hey, friends. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Yeah. It's I, like, Feb- like, I think I said that last week, too. I don't know, but it's really weird that we're in February, and uh, I was looking through my work planner today, and I keep uh, usually like a year behind, just in case I have to reference anything, and uh, we're approaching on my one-year work from home anniversary. <laughs> Mine was March 13th. Mine was the 17th, and uh, the reason I found out is because I had, we were going to go to the aquarium for my sister's birthday. Oh, yeah. So on that saturday i have like a big picture of a fish i drew that says like aquarium with like a smiley face and i'm like i am a dork okay i need something to bring me joy when i'm at work okay (laughs) fair but uh yeah i got real bummed because i still have not gone to the fucking aquarium (laughs) no i don't think it's not gonna open up anytime soon so no i'm worried it's gonna uh the the aquarium in vancouver is technically like closed like permanently so they like had to close but the staff is still working because, like, the animals, animals will die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they said their goal is to reopen, but, like, they can't guarantee it. Like, they might just have to, like, watch all the animals die slowly kind of thing. Oh, which is fucking awful. Yeah, that's actually terrible. Or, you and know, I'm, like, put them out in the wild where they should be, but here we are. Yeah, try to rehabilitate them or, yeah. like, I don't know, move them to another sanctuary or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm worried that that kind of stuff is going to start happening to places. Shit sucks. We were just saying we have nothing to rant about this week, and we were just ranting about animals. (laughs) Yeah. But Canada did a pretty cool thing this week, though. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we did. We made the Proud Boys a terrorist group, which is great. So they are officially considered terrorists in Canada. So if you are caught doing something that is affiliated, affiliated, not affiliated, affiliated. Affiliated with uh the shit they do that's a federal crime now yeah and that feels pretty good yeah i mean it's not illegal to be a member of them like of that group but like even if you'd like do anything related to (laughs) it at all it's a federal crime automatically and the banks can freeze all your assets and you're fucked so it's great yay victory a small victory but small victory but yeah um i don't know if you remember the amanda todd case does that uh, name ring a bell? The name rings a bell, yeah. So this happened in BC, which is in Canada land. I think it was 2015. Um, it was one of the first cases of like like cyberbullying. So this, oh, this yeah, man, okay, I think yeah. he was in um, Holland. Is that yeah, right? I think so. There. <laughs> <laughs> so he was there. She was in BC. She was like 15 years old or something like that. And he basically like told her to kill herself and she did it. Yeah. Um, and her family's been prosecuted not prosecuting but like trying to get him for like this entire time they have finally extradited him to canada about fucking time and they did it like under the radar so it only got out because the family's lawyer put out a statement but there was no like public release or anything like that because i don't know why to be honest i yeah. couldn't tell you but he is gonna face trial now which is kind of fucking awesome yeah because the laws have changed so much around that kind of stuff like we've seen it now where people will be tr- found guilty for stuff like that Whereas I think that was one of the first cases at the time it's like, of something like that happening. Yeah, it's the most, like, it's, like, one of the cases that got, like, the most news about it. Yeah. It's definitely happened before, unfortunately, but yeah, it was sure. the most high-profile one in Canada, yeah. at least. Yeah. And then there was the the one where the girlfriend got her boyfriend to do it. She was charged, yeah, I think. Yeah, she was charged. I think she was charged, like, shit, though. Like, they didn't give her a firm enough sentencing, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. But what can you do? At least it's somewhat justice, right? Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> like, and that's that's about it. That's all the fun facts I have today. Yeah, <laughs> banter short this week. Yeah, banter is really short this week. I just kind of, I'm just tired, you guys. And then after this, <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Halloween and have a nap. Um, I'm probably gonna skip the watching thing and just nap. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> naps are great. So with that, I guess we'll talk about murder and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so today's case is another one that made me pretty angry. 
Um, I use this this podcast event mostly. So <laughs> when I watch a documentary that pisses me off, I'm like, I'm going to cover this. This is our um, therapy sessions, you guys? <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> um, so I watched a YouTube video by someone named Kendall Ray, who is like a true crime YouTuber. She must be pretty famous because she had like a million views, but I don't watch YouTube, so I don't know. Um, so she did a really great job covering the case. Uh, she did like webcam interviews with the parents and stuff. Um, so I would recommend watching that. That's where I got this from. Um, on that note, uh, the parents in the interview said that they want it to be known that they need more attention in this case. Uh, so this is another reason why I did it. I just felt really bad for the parents. They sound really sad. Uh, so make sure you check out their Facebook page after the episode. They have a page called Justice for Ellen. Um, or apparently it's at Justin for El- Justice for Ellen 2019. You can at on Facebook now. Didn't know oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that either. Um, we'll include it in the show notes. Yes, we'll try to do that. Or Danielle probably will. She's really good at things. Um, so either way, the page is still active. They posted it as recently as January 2021. So it's very much still active. And they are just looking for support and answers uh, in the case of their late daughter, Ellen Greenberg. And now I'm going to tell you what happened to poor Ellen Greenberg. Um, Ellen Ray Greenberg was born on June 23rd, 1983 to parents Josh and Sandy Greenberg. She was an only child and grew up in a happy, loving home. She went on to become a school teacher and was well-loved by those who knew her. She was engaged to a TV producer named Sam Goldberg and was set to have the wedding of the century. Uh, in the YouTube video I watched, her dad described the wedding as being huge and over the top in one of Philadelphia's most reputable venues. So this is some, like, high-end rich people shit. Yeah. Um... All in all, Ellen was a wealthy, happy, fun-loving, wonderful woman. Uh, However, in the months leading up to her death, her family noticed a drastic difference in their daughter's behavior. She was anxious and, quote, unsettled. Uh, When her friends would ask her what was bothering her, she would say she's just stressed out from work. And she taught first graders, so, like, it's kind of believable. Um Debbie Schwab, one of Ellen's best friends, uh, was struck that Ellen went from being, quote, one of the happiest people I knew to filled with anxiety. Uh, Around this time, Ellen asked her parents if she could move back home to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, to live with them. Without Uh, her husband? Yeah. (laughs) So, obviously, this set up some red flags, uh, especially since they were set to be married in just a few months. Uh, They they cold feet. Well, that's, yeah, that's what you would think, right? Yeah. Um, They questioned her. She assured everything was happy at home, and this had nothing to do with her fiancé, Sam, which makes me immediately think this has something to do with her fiancé, Sam. Yeah, this is Um, very suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) Ellen's parents urged her to see a psychiatrist, namely Ellen Berman, MD. Um, Actually, I wasn't sure. Okay, so when you see someone that's an MD, do you call them doctor, or do you call them Ellen Berman, MD? Isn't MD, like... um like a master's degree i have no fucking clue like i know there's I a just, master's degree and then there's the doctorate degree so i don't know the oh difference. so maybe it is different so i'm yeah. glad i took this route then i just took exactly how i actually googled her and went on her website to see how she called herself because i didn't know how to like <laughs> write it like I, i'm pretty i could be totally wrong and md doesn't actually mean that um but yeah let's i'm gonna google it right now we're going with it <laughs> md um oh okay no i'm fucking stupid it's doctor of medicine oh like oh. it's like a, it's, wouldn't that be dm it's, well it's a medical degree so md is oh uh, well whoever she is um so her name is ellen berman um so ellen had three appointments with ellen uh before her death uh victim ellen felt overwhelmed at work but according to records quote there was never any feeling of suicidal thoughts and she had quote nothing but good things to say about her fiance there were no recorded findings of abuse but some evidence found later on may make you think otherwise um she described ellen as having quote severe anxiety and prescribed her clonopin and ambien which is a sleep aid um so i read a reddit thread which is where i do like 90 percent of my like gossipy research like when i try to find theories and stuff yeah fucking reddit man um so according to this thread that i read uh ambien is known to have some rare side effects these side effects can include self-destructive behaviors and hallucinations so remember that which um, is like crazy because these stuff is given to you for anxiety and then it's like by the way you could be like really self-destructive after and like yeah dude like those commercials yeah. uh this <laughs> take this for your depression it's all like singing people dancing in the field it's like you might die yeah you might kill yourself like it's like this helps with one thing but then there's 17 other things that might fuck you up yeah it's very scary that being said if you are prescribed medication please take it um <laughs> it's just scary it is yeah i yeah 
it's the commercials freak me out so much. The commercials just make it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, but it, like they legally have to say that shit just in case there is that that one outlier case where something does go wrong. Definitely. But yeah. So on that note, her prescriptions were the only drugs found in her system uh, at the time of the autopsy. So there was no other drugs found in her system. Uh, Ellen La- wow. Ellen last saw her psychologist on January 19th, 2011. Three days later, friends and family had received cards in the mail from Ellen and Sam. It was their save the date cards for their wedding in August. This card was the last contact Ellen would ever have with her loved ones. Which is really sad. That made me sad. Um, On January 26, 2011, Ellen was sent home from work early as there was an incoming blizzard rolling in. Uh, It closed all of the schools in her district. All that's known of her actions after this is that she came home and started preparing some fruit for a snack. Uh, Investigators found a strainer in the sink full of blueberries. And they found like a sliced orange on the counter with two clean knives in the sink. That's important because it comes up later. Um, I'm not just talking about her snack for shits and gigs. Her we fiance- just like her snacks because we also eat her <laughs> snacks. I'm also about to go eat some blueberries. So um, her fiance, Sam, left for the gym, which was in their building complex. So they had like a condo that had a gym in the in the ground floor, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Um, so he went down to the gym at about 4.45 p.m. He returned home at 5.15 p.m. to find his front door locked from the inside. Wait, he only went there for half an hour? Yes, which is the first of many fishy things. So in my head, I went, maybe he just did a quick cardio sesh. But like you got to factor in like elevator time. I believe they were on the sixth floor. Okay. And then like walking to the elevator and stuff. Like what you did, like a 10 minute cardio sesh. Yeah, that's kind of weird. So he knocked and called for Ellen, but she did not answer. And he sent the following text messages uh, to her cell phone. Wait, so he was locked out? Yeah. Okay. Um important to note that i actually forgotten this part but mentioned later on their lock was like the is it the deadbolt where it's got like the no it's not the deadbolt it's the the swingy one. Oh, so it, okay yeah he, i know you, you know what i mean yeah it's like uh, not the deadbolt I, lock it's like the safety lock that. yeah so it's like a stick and then like a hoop thing and then you put the hoop thing over the stick and boom your door is locked yeah so like you can like still open the door partially if the other yeah, locks so you are can unlocked see who's there kind of thing yeah yeah but it's like it's kind of like a protection method <laughs> yeah i think i say the actual name later on if i don't i'll, I'll just post a picture because i'm really bad at this it's the chain lock <laughs> the little doohickey one no it's the one without the chain oh it's, i'm just thinking it's of just a stick locks. oh those ones are stupid <laughs> Yeah, I'm literally just going to post a picture of it because this is this is a mess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he sent the following text messages to her cell phone. Uh, this is all one big quote here. So, quote, hello, open the door. What are you doing? I'm getting pissed. Hello, you better have an excuse. What the fuck? Ah, you have no idea. End quote. None of these were ever uh, received by Ellen and none of them uh, got a reply from Ellen either. You know what? Um, That's like it's this is something like so simple but like those text messages just scream toxic to me because like thank if, you if i ever like there's been times when like when Stuart would be at work and he would like forget to lock the door when he leaves and i lock the door because i'm terrified of people and i will go like have a nap after work and forget to unlock the door and he doesn't have his key but he'll just call me and be like hey sorry to wake you because i know you're napping can you just come unlock the door yeah, and that's no it to... that's it yeah I was literally just about to say the same thing. Like, this is uh, the you better have an excuse. That yeah, was, like, I'm to sorry. me, the big, like, pardon me? Yeah. You know my excuses? Fuck you. Um, and, like, also, like, as, like, a woman, like, I feel more safe with a door that's locked when I'm home alone. Whether yeah. you're downstairs in the fucking gym or not. <laughs> yeah. No, literally um i could understand being frustrated that you're locked out but there's you better have an excuse is that a threat sir you're threatening me because the door's locked yeah like i'm getting pissed like okay good for you yeah um so i hope well so i'm gonna say my theory ahead of time i think he did it but if he didn't do it i hope he felt like shit for these texts afterwards yeah um so he went downstairs to ask for help from the building's front desk in the lobby he found phil hanton who is the security guard at their their building um he's an older guy i think he's like uh they said he was like 70 or something which makes me think he's like really cute um (laughs) once you get 70 little security guard who just like sleeps all the time yeah um that's what i pictured anyway so so sam begged for phil to open their apartment door uh which he claimed was deadbolted that's what it's it is called a deadbolt fuck you ollie um 
<laughs> uh, so he claimed the door was deadbolted and impossible to break down, but Phil refused, saying it was against the building policy to provide entrance without ID. Uh, so Sam called 911 as a precaution, which I think is weird, and brought Phil with him as he returned up to the apartment. There, he forced the door open, made Phil stay as a witness, and uh, to me, this kind of comes off as like a an alibi insurance type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so once inside, the two men were greeted by a horrific sight. Ellen was sitting on the floor in the kitchen, which was like just inside the front door. Her back was propped up against the cupboards, and uh, she was very obviously dead. Um, she had a perfectly clean white towel in one hand, which was weird to me because she was not perfectly clean herself. Um, the 911 operator instructed Sam to start CPR until paramedics arrived. But when Sam went to like lay Ellen down, he noticed there was a large knife sticking out of her chest. So the 911 operator instructed Sam to not do CPR. Uh, and when help arrived at 6:40 PM, Ellen was pronounced dead on the scene. There were no signs of forced entry into their apartment unit, and investigators did not find any defensive wounds on Ellen's body, meaning she didn't attempt to fight anyone off. Uh, Upon their first run-through of the scene, investigators determined her death to be a suicide. With a knife in the chest? Yes. Okay. This just gets worse. This is where I start to get angry. (laughs) Um, So the reasons for this ruling include the fact that the apartment door had been locked from the inside. Uh, The fiance had remained on scene and was cooperative. There were no signs of an intruder. Uh, The snow on their balcony was like not moved. Um, And neighbors claimed they heard no signs of disturbance or struggle. Uh, it's not someone lack- like it's not like someone was on the roof and like fucking paralleled all the Prepare, way down yeah, like, repelled down yeah like what <laughs> um so the lack of defensive wounds and ellen's recent mental health issues were also a factor in this ruling however the next day an autopsy took place that would blow this theory right out of the water which i'm still confused as to how this theory ended up in the water in the first place but um they did find some incredibly alarming facts. Uh, I don't typically go into detail in autopsies because I don't think people want to hear it, but I did with this one because it matters. Um, so the op- uh, autopsy report found that Ellen had been stabbed 10 times in her stomach, abdomen, and chest, and she was stabbed 10 more times in the back of her neck and head. Uh, there she must had, have been like, a lot of blood. Yeah, I, you'd think, but, you know, he tried to do CPR. Um, He's so a savior. Yeah. She also had a gash, like, in the back of her head that wasn't really, like, a stab wound. It was more of, like, a a slash. Okay. Um, So she was cut across the head there. So this is 20 total stab wounds. Remember this and remember the locations of the wounds specifically. So remember the head and the neck area. Uh, The coroner also found 11 bruises, quote, in various stages of resolution, meaning someone had been on her body for quite some time. This raised flags for her fiancé, Sam. While Ellen's psychiatrist ruled out signs of abuse, these bruises started to make uh, Ellen's family think otherwise. So none of the bruises were, like, caused that day. So they were, like, by their states of healing. Yeah. Um. The coroner changed the ruling of the death to homicide upon these findings. Yes, coroner. Yes, coroner. You do your um, damn job. <laughs> At least someone fucking is in this story. Seriously. Um, her family found out just before the funeral, and her father actually brought up the ruling in his speech, saying, quote, You may have heard that Ellen killed herself, but her death has just been ruled a homicide, and apparently the entire church just felt, like, completely silent. Hey, for, like, I, like, I just got minutes. shiveries right now. Like, my arms are just like, ooh. Oh, like... I wouldn't want to be in that room. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't want to be those um, parents. Yeah. I thought it was really not cool, but like, um, admirable that he said it at the funeral. Cause like, I don't know. It just, to me, it was like, like a statement, like we're going to find out what happened. Well, yeah. He's like, pissed. just so you know. Like, yeah. 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 That's exactly like, you could feel his like anger and like, that's why he said it. Yeah. Um, so the changed ruling brought the case to the Philadelphia Homicide Unit, who reviewed all of the evidence. On January 29th, 2011, just three days after Ellen's death, a spokesperson for the police put out a statement saying they were, quote, leaning towards suicide, despite the autopsy reports disputing this. Uh, when Yeah. When pressed for clarity, they said they were investigating her mental health issues leading up to her death. They relied heavily on this you can have mental health issues and still get murdered yeah she (laughs) was experiencing anxiety uh and 
you know, I, I don't want to diminish that, but like a lot of fucking people experience anxiety. Yeah. It's not like it was, you know, a groundbreaking mental break or anything. Like it's but, and just grr. because someone has <laughs> anxiety or any mental um like anything like that does not mean they're automatically suicidal yes yes that's kind of what i was trying to get at thank you for being eloquent while i'm just being angry yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you know you could have any mental illness and it doesn't mean you're suicidal so i hate that they kind of just slap that on there like that yeah um sergeant cooney who was the supervisor in this case along with detective john mcnamee uh they believed all of the evidence pointed towards suicide but they wanted to make sure all of their tracks were covered in this bizarre case the obvious glaring question here was how the fuck did someone stab themselves 20 times in the back of the neck and the head and then in the abdomen so during the autopsy they determined that the neck and head wounds came first so she stabbed herself in the neck and the head first and then was like, I'm going to finish it and continued in her stomach. And the thing so with that like, was suicides is like you want it like, like I haven't obviously never been there and like never mentally been there. But from what I've read and like listened to people's talking about it, it's like it's not something they want to experience for very long. It's like it's not I want to no. have a painful death. I just want a quick and easy go. Yeah. She's not going to stab herself in the back of the head and be like, yeah. I'm killing myself. Like, No. <laughs> So I I actually looked into this um, again on Reddit and three different people said that they personally knew someone who did actually stab themselves to death, uh, but they were all in like, uh, what's the word, like psychotic states kind of thing where they were like not in their their mind kind of thing or they were on heavy drugs or, you know, like there was something that led to that. Yeah. Whereas there was not really, we're going to, we're going to keep talking. But in like those <laughs> cases, I guarantee that like the stab wounds would make sense. The way yes. these ones don't make sense. Absolutely. So I'm I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here because just because because <laughs> I, I can. can. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one of the things I I noted here is that so I I hated how I worded this. There are so many alternative uh, alternative methods of suicide, and I just want to be clear: the best alternative is to please seek help and just not do it. Um, so we've said this before, but women are more, more likely to take the sort of clean approach to suicide. Uh, they would rather do an overdose or they would rather, you know, drown in a tub. They would do something that doesn't leave a mess behind. Stabbing yourself 20 times leaves quite a mess behind. In places that you couldn't necessarily reach. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that that was the big glaring what the fuck. So in order to sort of answer this question, investigators hired a neuropathologist to, I practiced that word real hard, <laughs> to review part of Ellen's spinal cord that was injured during her death. Uh, it was determined that these wounds happened first, like I said. So she stabbed herself in the back of the head, then the neck, which damaged her spinal cord and was still able to stab herself in the front. According to the neuropathologist, this was technically possible. The spinal cord did show some damage, but it was not severed all the way through. Hypothetically, this would mean that Ellen stabbed herself in the neck and then went entirely numb, which would allow her to carry out the rest of the stabbing, and she would allegedly feel no pain. Okay. So there is an explanation, kind of, sort of, but I don't like it. (laughs) I just don't agree with it. So the next question is, why? Why did she do it? Like we said, she was experiencing anxiety which yes is a serious mental illness but not typically you know you don't get treated for anxiety one day and then end your life the next that's typically not what happens yeah so the best hunch here is the combination of drugs she was taking um in very rare and extreme cases medication including ambien which i mentioned that ellen was taking has been known to cause psychotic breaks in patients it's completely possible but again rare that ellen was in a psychotic state of mind and simply snapped killing herself in this incredibly violent way um so the theory here is that she was not aware of her actions okay i don't like it but a theory nonetheless yeah um to it make matters possible, worse which sucks yeah exactly it's and that's what's so hard about this case is like um actually one of the who was it I, I think it was one of the police officers involved in the case um had a really cool quote that i read where he was like 
for every instance where you could say it was suicide, you could equally say it was homicide. So this case is very much like, but then this, but then this, but then this. Yeah. So it's, I can, um, I don't want to say I, I understand the confusion because I don't think it was a suicide at all. We'll just keep going. <laughs> um, to make matters worse, investigators dug through Ellen's computer and found Google searches for phrases such as easy suicide, painless suicide, and methods of killing yourself. So this was kind of the nail in the coffin, pun totally not intended there in Ellen's case, because to investigators, this was proof that she was planning to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. I still don't buy it. Um, first of all, she was making a snack. Who who just like mid-snack is like, all right, I'm going to do it now. This is a um, good time. I don't like these blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this evidence was enough for investigators to reverse the decision of the coroner. And on March 7th, 2011, the manner of Ellen's death was changed once again to suicide. Understandably, the Greenbergs were devastated. Uh, to make matters worse, they found out uh, the same way as the general public on the evening news. They didn't even call the oh family. Oh my God, that's brutal. They just saw it on the evening news. Um, the Greenbergs obviously did not buy this ruling. Um too many things were not adding up uh first and foremost i still don't believe someone just stabs himself 20 times i know it's possible but i just it's so rare that i don't i don't <laughs> uh other notes ellen's psychologist found no signs of suicidal behavior ellen was getting married in only eight months and was simply gushing with joy about it to anyone who would listen uh her job was stressful but was stable they were well off they were wealthy um there's not a major clue, but like I said, she was making herself a snack. Um, and it's, you know, why would you be preparing a snack if you, it's the same thing as, um, that one case that we had to take down where she was making the pumpkin bread. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the same kind of thing there where it's like, it's, it's not very likely. Um, also in one article I read, it alleges that the deadbolt lock on the door was actually quite flimsy and Sam should have been able to like open it with a good shove. So he claimed that he was like pushing on the door and unable to open it, but apparently investigators went back and like just did one quick shove and it opened. Hmm. So fishy. And also um, just makes you kind of like, like I'm, I'm not picking sides right now, but like also if he did end up killing her, I just want to know how he managed to get that deadbolt locked. Like, that just keeps playing in my head. I'm like, how did someone... Oh, even from if it, the inside. Yeah, even if it was, like, flimsy and stuff. But how, like, would you even be able to close that with... Then close the door. It just doesn't Shit, make sense to me. you just threw my whole theory I'm out so of the sorry. fucking... Wow! I just keep thinking about that. I'm like, I don't... I don't know how someone would do that. <laughs> Unless it, like, wasn't actually locked? I don't know. I don't know. Holy fuck, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So, yeah. She just shit on me. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen's dad, Josh, thinks uh, this is just one of many clues that points to Sam being somehow involved. Uh, There were no signs of forced entry because Sam lived there. He wouldn't have to force his way into the home. Uh, He made sure to bring the security guard upstairs to find Ellen's body. Uh, This is like a possible alibi here. So if he had a witness to with him that would quote see the body for the first time with him, it would be more believable. Yeah. Like, oh my God. uh." Um, tonight i would say if i saw a body um so it'd be a more credible story for him and then there's the mysterious old bruises as well no one could answer where they came from uh they were kind of scattered throughout her body the fact that there was 11 like i bruise a lot i'm low iron i touch a desk wrong and i get a bruise but i still only have like one or two yeah um so luckily the greenberg family came from wealth and were able to uh, take matters into their own hands they purchased ellen's autopsy report photos of her body at the scene and the investigation report from the scene that's um, so disturbing they were missing... like, i wouldn't want to see if that was my child i would not want to see that i i think i feel like i would purchase it and then give it to like an investigator like i would never open it okay you know yeah yeah that's like, fair um, they were missing, uh, one, one piece of evidence. I can't remember what it's called. I say it again later, but they had everything except this one piece, basically. At the advice of a family friend, the Greenberg sent those materials for review to Cyril Wecht, uh, who is a Pittsburgh-based forensic pathologist who is, uh, well-known for challenging the single bullet theory of the John F. Kennedy assassination. Okay. So he's, like, a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, I can't say his name. Wecht. I think this is how you say it, um, had a number of concerns about the number and location of the stab wounds, particularly those at the back of Ellen's neck. Uh, when he finished reviewing those files, he spoke to the family saying, quote, I don't understand how they wrote this off as a suicide. His final report, which was released in January 2012, labeled the death, quote, strongly suspicious of homicide. 
with this report now in their possession, the Greenberg family hired a private attorney who was a well-known civil rights lawyer named Larry Krasner. Um, so he wrote a draft retainer agreement uh, in February of 2012 uh, saying he believed, quote, substantial questions remain unanswered in Ellen's death. In May 2012, he called for a meeting between the Greenbergs, police officials, and representatives from the district attorney's office in order to get the uh, investigation reopened. Unfortunately, nothing ever came from this meeting, and the case was not reopened. Um, In more shady news, their uh, new-slash-current lawyer, who is representing them for free, um, he's a former state attorney general. His name is Walter Cohen. He filed a public records request to get the police case file, which was the last piece of evidence they were missing, uh, which I didn't know there was a difference between, like, the police case file and, like, the crime scene file, but apparently there is. Okay. Um, Fun fact. (laughs) Um so initially they were denied access, but after lots of back and forth with Mr. Cohen, the police caved and allowed the family to view the files, but that's it. They were not allowed to make copies. They were not allowed to take pictures. Um, and they weren't allowed to bring their lawyer in the room either, which sucked because the family wasn't really sure what to look for. Like they yeah. just kind of were hoping to rely on the experts here, but all they got to do was just look at it. And, like, what can you do with that? Like, yeah, especially as someone who might not be, like, savvy on terminology and stuff. Like, I would have no idea what the fuck I'm looking at. Um, The shadiness caught the attention of more high-profile experts. Uh, Several people began to join the hunt for justice in Ellen's case. One of these people was Tom Brennan, who is a retired 25-year state police veteran and former chief of the Dauphin County Detectives. Um, After studying the crime scene evidence and uh, medical examination findings, uh, Detective Brennan said that the lack of defensive wounds on Ellen didn't necessarily support the suicide theory. Uh, he says, quote, it's referred to as a blitz attack where the victim is attacked quick, uh, attacked so quickly that they're unable to defend themselves. We heard this last week in the case of Lindsay Buziak. Um, so it, it doesn't necessarily mean that she killed herself. It just means that she did not have time to defend herself. Yeah. And considering her first injuries is her neck to the back of the neck and the back of the head, you know, I would believe that. Yeah. Um, Something else caught the detective's attention. Images of Ellen at the crime scene show a stream of dried blood running horizontally across her cheek from the side of her nose towards her left ear. So it'd be like that. Okay. Um, You guys can't see it, but Danielle could. (laughs) But her body was discovered sitting upright, meaning that all blood should have been flowing downwards towards the ground. Um, the initial police report claimed that she stabbed herself while standing and then slid down to the floor, like against the cupboards, um, where she rested in a seating position. It also alleges, uh, her body was never moved, but this horizontal blood flow may point to a different story. Uh, another expert who joined in the case was a retired Philadelphia homicide prosecutor named Guy Dondria, Dondria? Andrea. Um, he was handed the case on a whim by a friend who thought he would find it interesting. And that friend was correct because Guy became borderline obsessed with this case and reviewed the entire file in like a day in 2015. Uh, quote, the blood path defies gravity. He's, he's quoted as saying, uh, you don't need to be a pathologist to have an appreciation for that. Either she moved herself or someone moved her. So that's a pretty big flaw in the police report there. Yeah. Um, but also, what about, like, when he put her down to do CPR? She would have been on her back. So, I, I it, possible. I just wouldn't know if she was, like, bleeding then. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Or like, already, I don't know. No, that's a good point you make. No, that's a fair point. Um, I'm not trying to defend that? anyone. What? I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a fair point. Uh, these are all things. And this is kind of why this case is in this weird limbo that it is. Because everything that you could say, well, this happened. There's a, well, what if this? Yeah. You know? Um, so now we're back on the spinal cord here. We thought we knew all we needed to know, but we did not. Upon reviewing the files, the Greenberg's investigative team found just one singular line about the spinal cord in her medical exam that read, note, neuropathologist Dr. Lucy Rook examined the spinal cord and concluded there is no defect of the spinal cord, end quote. That's all they said in this report. Uh, Dr. Lucy Rourke Adams was a neuropathologist hired by the police department and, uh, she was retired from the children's hospital of Philadelphia. Apparently she was like well-renowned, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when Guy looked through Ellen's file, he noted that he didn't actually see a neuropathology report. 
He just saw that one line. So he requested a copy from the police, but was told it either couldn't be found or didn't exist. Uh, an invoice couldn't be found either for like the, the contract between the doctor and the police station. There was no invoice of that. Um, he contacted Dr. Yeah. It gets worse. He contacted Dr. Work Adams directly, and she replied in an email that she did do contract work for the police department in 2011, but, quote, I would conclude that I did not see the specimen in question, although there is a remote possibility that it was shown to me. However, I have no recollection of such a case. Okay, so... Not fucking fishy at all. That's kind of uh, weird, because, like, doctors have, like, memories of, like, like, like you'd remember that. Yeah, you would. definitely would. And, like, she'd had to have signed off on something for that to, like, even that one line to be in a report, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I thought that was really fucking fishy. Unless she just um, didn't care and she's like, sure, I'll say this, whatever. I mean, I do that at work. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> in a surprise twist, the investigative team discovered that a piece of Ellen's spinal cord was still being kept in storage. So they contacted Wayne wait, K. Ross. Wait. Did people just, what? What? At, like, the coroner's office or the police station, they just have, like, our spinal cords in a jar. <laughs> um, I th- think it would be at the coroner's office. I would hope so, because that's really Maybe, weird. Possibly. <laughs> you don't keep spines in your room? Yeah, like, no. God. No, I don't. Um, so they contacted a man named Wayne K. Ross, who is another forensic pathologist, uh, to examine the spine. His report, which came out in 2017, was the break that the Greenbergs were looking for. Ross concluded that one of the stab wounds penetrated Ellen's cranial cavity and, quote, severed the cranial nerves and brain. And, quote, as a result, she would experience severe pain and impaired slash loss of consciousness, meaning she likely could not have finished her stabbing her, uh, finished stabbing herself after the first injury. So this doctor blew what the first doctor said out of the water and it would also explain the fact that she has no defensive wounds because she's in so much pain and doesn't know what the fuck's going on that she can't defend herself and it's it's uh he even said it's possible that she was like immediately like knocked unconscious yeah unconscious 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 um unconscious by it so poking holes all over the place here i i like this guy team this guy um this this case is so fucking mind-blowing this is crazy in I promise I'm almost done. Um, In 2018, the Greenberg's first lawyer ended up being elected district attorney. So they contacted him to see if he could help them reopen the case again. He ended up sending them to the attorney general's office so it would not cause like a conflict of interest in the case. Yeah. Um, More than a year went by before spokesperson Joe Grace put out a statement saying that the office had completed a thorough investigation and the case would remain closed. That's a bummer. With all of that information the family went and found, they still said, nah. Not good enough. Um, The latest update came just this year in January 2021. The Greenbergs had obtained the forensic records and the hard drive of Ellen's computer. They also gained access to her old phone and text records. Um, Their, like, representative slash attorney, Joe Podraza, spoke to the press saying, quote, We do have a forensic evaluation of the hard drive of Ellen's computer and laptop, which will definitely establish that she was not predisposed in searches towards death or suicide or things of that nature. Um, So the family now alleges that they have proof that these Google searches were fabricated and not made by Ellen herself. How do you fabricate that? How How do you prove that? Um, so my theory here, um, we know I don't like Sam. Uh, so my theory here is Sam either before or after killing her Googled that. Okay. So it was like, they can tell by like the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's, that's my thought. And it's, I've actually seen it in other cases where like, uh, some guy will, I think it was a man. He like Googled like ways to kill yourself blah 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 blah, and then he killed his wife and framed it as a suicide and because of those google searches they like bought it for x amount of years yeah um so it has been done before and that's kind of my theory here a little bit um so padraza said that he sent that information to the pennsylvania attorney general's office and is now urging the attorney general to reopen the case once again Um, A spokesperson for the attorney general told Eyewitness News in a statement on Tuesday, January 26th, so like literally two weeks ago, quote, our hearts go out to the Greenberg family on the anniversary of Ellen's traumatic death. At the urging of the family and following a conflict referral from the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office in 2018, 
Our office reviewed the case and conducted an, an extensive investigation that did not uncover evidence to change the medical examiner's finding of suicide. There is no statute of limitation on homicide, however, uh, and if any new evidence is brought forward, we believe it should be reviewed by the proper authorities. At this time, no such information has been shared with our office. Didn't they just get all the evidence from their lawyer, though? Literally, yes. So there's a lot of um, shadiness, once again, from the side of the law, which, whoo, surprise. Um, I don't think in this case that the police are involved. I think that they, it's a case of, well, we closed the case. I'm not reopening it. Yeah. You know? I think it's more of a, an ego thing versus a they're involved thing. I think, uh, I mean, obviously my theory is fucking Sam did it. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> it's just It's just so crazy because, like, a lot of like the evidence that you've said and stuff points towards the fact that she was murdered and but like there's like little things that make you like think that like yeah like the door like the like like the door lock the yeah that literally everything you brought up today has mm -hmm. been like completely valid and part of why it's it's such a fucking weird case yeah like that officer said that police officer said is for every no this is a homicide there's a but what if it wasn't yeah it's to me i'm leaning towards homicide but i can see those those yeah. very obvious flaws in that and i think like the the police side they're just like well it's already been determined a suicide so why are we gonna go after someone that could actually be innocent yeah exactly so it's i could i could see i don't like i keep saying i don't think they're involved i think it's a more of a don't waste our time thing yeah so i would love to see this case reopen though because i think that there's enough flaws in the police's files and recordings and whatnot that i think it should be looked at again definitely um, and even by like a different party because at this yeah. point it's gonna be the same shit <laughs> um so definitely make sure you check out their facebook page it's justice for ellen um it came up right away when i searched it you should be able to find it yeah and yeah just you know that's it that's crazy that is a really sad (laughs) one yeah it's a really fucked up case i like you keep saying like it it's very fit i can't determine exactly what it is like i want to say it's a homicide but then that fucking deadbolt you ruined my life with that i'm sorry but at the same time (laughs) it could be like was he the only one who tested the door? Did anyone else test the door to see if the deadbolt yeah. was actually? That's another thing that I'm thinking. Um, I I kind of want to look into uh, if that security guard ever did any interviews or anything to see if he maybe shoved on the door. Yeah, but I don't think he would have because he like he said he wouldn't try to open it without ID. Yeah, so like why? So would he I don't help? know. I don't know. Shit's fishy. Something went down. We need answers. And Let like, us know when what you he, think. And when he like broke open the door, I'm still on this door thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, like, evidence of, like, it breaking? Because if he, like, barged the door, it would have snapped no. or something. No, I've actually seen... Uh, that's actually a very valid point, too. Um, I was looking at crime scene photos, um, and the door's intact. Weird. Because, like, if, if the deadbolt... If, like, so you have, like, your handle lock, and then you have your actual deadbolt, and then you have this little doohickey thing that we don't know the name of it, but it's not called a deadbolt. <laughs> I will fight anyone on it. It's not called The it. doohickey thingy. Yeah um it's like the second lock above at the top of apartment doors yeah um, that like if if it's actually locked you would have a really difficult time you'd have to like barge through it so it would break to be able no to- you're totally right you're totally right and i'm I'm fairly certain i'm gonna go back and look and i don't know i'm not gonna say sorry for being wrong so i'm just gonna go back and look yeah <laughs> see my mind's like but if i'm it's fairly actually- certain that the lock was like still attached to the wall like not ripped out and like there was just a picture of the lock in the crime scene photos then that doesn't make sense it wasn't barged yeah then look at us fucking investigating yeah because i'm like (laughs) at first i was like well if the door was locked then no one's in there like it doesn't make sense to me but then i'm like i got these i got i got this we're gonna figure we're gonna solve this case man i hope so just give us a week and a bottle of wine we got this yeah we got this you guys but that was fucking crazy. There's like, I don't even know what to think because I don't want to say one thing or another, but because there's just so many different like aspects. like a shitty onion. <laughs> yeah. So many shitty layers. It's like a really old, stale onion that you don't yeah. like. Oh my God. You know those ones where they like look fine on the outside, but then you pick it up and it like your fingers go through it. Oh Have gosh, you ever had that happen? Yeah. That's the kind of onion we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder the police I'm- don't want to touch it. <laughs> And with that, shall we get spooky? We should get spooky. Um, we're going to talk about the El Chupacabra. 
oh shit cool yeah so fun was- fact this is like riley's favorite spooky thing really? she was like obsessed with it when we were little i don't think she'll like like me after this one though because i don't oh. think it's a thing i think it's a thing but i don't think it's a thing and i'll get into it you're gonna ruin it for everybody I, we might um <laughs> i might um but my dad i was talking to my dad he's like you guys episodes are so great number one stop swearing and that's not gonna happen i'm sorry dad i'm so sorry dad but he's also like stop talking about prisons because they're boring and i'm like this so this is for my dad he can talk about the El Cabra. here we go <laughs> he's so critical <laughs> he's like i want our more biggest th- our biggest fan and yet our toughest critic yeah well he doesn't like- i'm never gonna stop swearing he yeah no he doesn't like well he likes it but he doesn't like ghost shit he doesn't like haunted houses because they're like they're all the same talk about like ufos and he's like obsessed with the wendigo so here we are (laughs) so you're welcome dad this is for you (laughs) um so this mysterious monster like creature was first seen in puerto rico in the late 1990s so it's the most recent that's really recent yeah Yeah, very recent because we are you know only 18 years old and we were born in the 1990s so i mean um (laughs) but to be dead honest i'm gonna ruin holly's life right now this the poor um it we're older than than the el chupacabra (laughs) i'm sorry that hurts i'm sorry (laughs) it it just feels like such a mythical creature that it's like it feels like it's really old and yeah now i'm just really old (laughs) maybe our gen maybe our generations the people that like created this el chupacabra i really think we did we created it you can tell me why yeah i'm gonna tell you why (laughs) (laughs) no i'm not that's the end of our story goodbye tell me why (laughs) um so again extremely recent and it's still seen off and on to this day um, this mysterious creature is said to walk on all fours and be about five feet or so, like, tall. It has large eyes, long claws, spikes down its back, and it's hairless. Um, people yeah. who witness this creature... What? I said ew. Oh, I thought you said it's you, and I was like, thanks? <laughs> you big, naked, creepy yeah. thing. <laughs> Did my spikes give it away? <laughs> I'm the millennial. I'm that person. No, for, for some reason, when you said it was hairless, it grossed me out, because, I don't know creatures are less scary when they're fuzzy i guess i don't know you want a hairless cat <laughs> yeah but they're cute it, this is what the chupacabra looks like is a freaking hairless cat <laughs> <laughs> not even sorry um so again people who witnessed this creature say it's like very alien like it's said to be a vampire like creature and it kills its victims and completely drains their blood um so now there are two very different versions of this legend and my explanation right now is sort of a mix of both so i'm going to get into where it actually originated so the name um chupacabra well el chupacabra is um goat sucker in spanish so in (laughs) (laughs) i knew you'd laugh <laughs> it sounds so scary when it's spoken in Spanish and then you translate it and <laughs> goat sucker. <laughs> goat sucker. Okay. <laughs> so in 1995 in Canovasis, Puerto Rico, eight sheep were found dead. At first, um like that was it at the moment. Um they were all drained of their blood and with puncture wounds on their chest and neck area and there was three puncture wounds oh weird yeah um people started to panic and believe this was like a real threat to them because like it's their livestock like this is their livelihood um the town had guards set up to protect the livestock kids were always walked to and from to school um and they weren't allowed out by themselves because they weren't know what was causing this and also more livestock were getting attacked so it wasn't just these eight sheep but this is where it started from um like but at the time because they had no idea what the fuck it was um they just knew it was some type of creature that was killing their livestock and it was like yeah. it wasn't eating them it was just draining their blood well for all they knew it could have been in person too right like, yeah like can you imagine like being killed and just like it's literally a vampire like they yeah. only got their blood drained that was it they were Plot not twist. it was edward yeah edward Cullen. he's ruining people's is lives is someone keeping a twilight reference counter on us no someone should be you should <laughs> <laughs> um so now the first sighting report of this actual creature comes from madeline toltino she lives in um, this town and is just east of puerto rico so in um uh, canovasis she's reported saying that she saw the chupacabra just outside her window her story um, along with a drawing of it made its way into the local newspaper this drawing looks more alien like so this is one version of this of this creature and like the original version um Mm. so it's standing up and it looks like part reptilian to me 
It's reported saying it's about five feet tall with dark white eyes, three fingers on like very, very thin arms. Oh. Yeah. And it's standing on two legs. So it's not all on force. It's on two legs. The three fingers, like the three puncture wounds. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's exactly it. They don't actually bite anybody. It's like fingernails. It's like, ha. Huh. It's an alien. Well, it's much cleaner if you think about it. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um so it had no ears and feathery spikes on its back so this story ended up spreading like wildfire and now everyone in this town was starting to see this alien creature it went viral um now today like to this day people believe that madeline had just freaked herself out because prior to seeing this chupacabra um she had just watched the movie called species um oh. and her drawing resembles the creature depicted in this movie i haven't seen the movie so i have no idea um but this was at the same time like the movie came out in 1995 okay so people started saying like this creature was actually real and everything like that and people just say madeline made it up or like just freaked herself out because she was scared of the movie so as i said madeline shared her experience the story traveled quite quickly and once the story got around like livestock were being found dead absolutely everywhere at this point in puerto rico by 1996 2000 livestock were dead all of them just Holy drank shit none of them were eaten all drained of blood didn't it just start in 95 yep holy shit that's a lot that's yeah and that's like a, like i would be terrified if i was in that town i'd be fucking terrified too absolutely yeah and like you said too it's like the the livelihood aspect too like that's people's jobs and and food and stuff like that so there's like the you know are you attacking our livelihood yeah it hasn't killed a person yet no right i don't think it's ever killed a person oh interesting it's only livestock only livestock that i'm aware of i looked that up and i didn't find anything so interesting yeah so all of these were just drained of blood not eaten so the people of puerto rico believe this chupacabra to be some type of military experiment that escaped um a top secret military base was that was actually close to this town um now the mayor at the time decided to take a group of locals and head out to try to find this creature he brought a crucifix with him <laughs> just in case <laughs> just in case and it was like huge like it was like the jesus one that they hung him on like they brought that one too it's like buffy yeah <laughs> and uh and they also brought a goat with them so in their truck they put like a little trailer behind and they locked this little goat in a cage and just drove around Aww. in a field with this goat in the back and then they're walking around with a crucifix i don't i don't know can you imagine seeing that having no idea what's going on i would be terrified i'd be like they're the ones who are draining the fucking blood where's the satanic cult going what's going on um so they were just kind of like hoping this creature would like come get this goat and then they'd strap it to the the cross i don't know Uh, it didn't work by the way the goat survived (laughs) they were just gonna strap it to the cross that's that's it it's like just a casual wednesday um so it didn't work by the way it didn't work um so this mayor his name is jose ramen wow jose ramen soto his nickname is chemo jones i don't know why but (laughs) it's cooler chemo jones yeah it it sounds much better Yeah. yeah um he was always talking to the press and liked to talk to the press so that's when newspapers such as like the new yorker and the washington post picked it up um so they wrote about it and included like his interviews in their um in their like newspapers so this is where it went from like puerto rico to the states so puerto rico is part of the states they're technically u.s citizens which some people seem to forget yeah but they (laughs) which fucking baffles my mind so they're like u.s citizens but they don't aren't allowed to federally vote i don't oh i didn't know that that. i don't get it that's weird it's very fucking weird i don't like that america fiction and i love when uh people tell puerto ricans to go back to their country that's my favorite yeah it's like i um, love it okay i saw a video of like a a racist karen i think they were at like a beach or something and she's like go back to your country and he's like i'm puerto rican she's like yeah go back there i'm like bitch fucking moron (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think people realize that but (laughs) yeah so um so that's kind of like where this chupacabra got established I don't know how they came up with the name. It's just the origin story of it. Um, so it started in Puerto Rico in 1995. So this story didn't just stay in Puerto Rico. So thanks to the news, New Yorker and Washington Post and other um, American news headline title things, whatever the fuck you want to call them. 
<laughs> my brain melted at that moment media sources? yeah yeah that's it <laughs> um traveled all the way across the southern united states um and oh, oh and then also because it's like 1995 it's like the beginning of the internet so everyone's just like "Ooh, internet let's spread the news the beginning of the internet the beginning of the internet i don't actually know what year the internet started fuck i have no idea i have no idea um, i've never had dial-up though i know that much oh fuck i had dial-up yeah apparently i'm an anomaly i've I'm, never had it they're lucky because it's shit um <laughs> we're gonna have like people be like what's dial-up i'm sorry you don't even worry about it just gosh don't if you don't yourself. even know what it is you're too young for us bro yeah <laughs> The worst is like you're on the internet and then someone calls and then your fucking internet goes out because someone's calling your house line. It's great. Yeah, I've never had that problem. <laughs> it's so <laughs> annoying. Um, because it was like the beginning of the internet and the internet got a hold of this story in Puerto Rico, um, it pretty much like instantly was a conspiracy theory right out of the gate. Um, people were still finding livestock dead and drained of blood, but it was like never solved. Like to this day, they just like, it's the El Chupacabra. That's what it is. Um so in the early 2000s, the chupacabra started being seen again, but this time a little less alien-like and a little more like a hairless dog. Um, had no spikes. Uh, it wasn't being. Um, it wasn't just being seen, um, but now people were like finding like corpses of the chupacabra. Oh yeah. So people would be like having all these like all these sightings were kind of coming out of like Texas, and they would get freaked out, so they'd kill them, <laughs> like shoot them, <laughs> and be like, "Haha, don't." ruin my Eat fucking my sheep. cow yeah <laughs> so um so yeah they're getting these corpses and reporting them uh and not just in like texas like all southern states and so researchers took like dna um and did like autopsies on these corpses and they found that most of them were just coyotes oh shit yeah did they just have like mange or something that made them look creepy That's exactly it yeah, so they had sarcopic mange, which causes the animal like that's infected to pretty much lose all of its hair. This is caused by mite and causes the infected animal to develop like an itchy type rash, which causes whatever animal it is to lose its hair. And it also kind of drives its nuts because like the animal's like just permanently itchy. I'd go nuts too. Yeah. Um. So a majority of these cases were exactly that. It was a coyote with mange. Um, there were some that were like raccoons and foxes, but they were also debunked. They're like, this is a raccoon with mange. Yeah. Um, so people were just mistaking these animals for chupacabras and killing them because they saw them on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so Can you imagine being like, I caught the fucking chupacabra. Yeah. I did it. Um, actually. <laughs> actually. It's just I hope they told all these people. I hope they did, <laughs> like, I hope they, yeah, like, they got the investigation report or whatever. Yeah, no, you're just a dumbass. Yes, you tried. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> so, from the start, this creature was seen, I guess, an alien walking on two legs with spikes down its spine, and now the internet got involved, and now it's a coyote with mange. So, people believe that the legend of the, chup- the chupacabra is solved. It's just an animal with mange. Like, that's what they think it is. Yeah. Um, but how do you explain, like, the livestock that have been literally drained of their blood and that's it? Now, it's said there's an answer for this. The predators, such as coyotes, um, with their mange, attack these livestock and bite them on the neck, leaving the puncture wounds, and then just leave the livestock there to bleed out and die. To me, that's a fucking stretch. <laughs> yeah um why wouldn't the coyote finish it like yeah like it's not the coyote doesn't like survive off blood (laughs) it's not how that works (laughs) like i fully believe the corpses they found are coyotes or whatever other animal with mange and a lot of the sightings are just that so not just the corpses the sightings as well but to say a coyote with mange killed eight sheep like just killed it's like dude two thousand livestock in a year like that's a lot that's insane like, I understand that when an animal is infected with mange, then um, they are a lot weaker. So when trying to kill an animal, they might not have, like, the effort they would oh. if they were healthy. But for them to, like, kill eight sheep in one that pen. That takes a lot. It yeah. takes... It, and, like, also you have one and then you're tired. Just finish the one. Yeah. Finish, they wouldn't do all eight. Like, I feel like they're just exerting their energy more that they yeah. don't have. Um, so, and, like just bite their necks and dip like animals aren't serial killers i'm sorry to like tell everyone this <laughs> but they're not yeah animals aren't fucked up like us. no they don't do that shit no nor are they hmm. we'll never know <laughs> they're all just secretly plotting one day she'll feed me too late right one day one day <laughs> and also they don't just like survive off blood like they aren't going to drain this animal like drain yeah. its blood completely and then just dip they're like i'm fulfilled they need the meat yeah um 
they just don't do that. So some people say it could be vampire bats, but then again, vampire bats don't fully some drain. Big ass fucking bats, right? They don't fully drain <laughs> animals. Have you? Have my next sentence. Have you seen the size of a fucking bat? Yeah, <laughs> like that's not gonna happen. The fox bats get big, but they are not. I think they're native to Thailand. Yeah, I apparently this is like has traveled. Like the internet just took a hold of it and like i think i've seen it's been seen in like china and like oh of course yes it just it just happens man as i said bats cannot hold um a full sheep (laughs) sheep's blood in their body um now colonies of vampire bats would do that they'd be able to do that however there would be more than two or three bites because colonies of bats are like over a (laughs) hundred yeah so it's not like they just take turns so like oh this sheep is like still standing okay it's your turn bob yeah like, i left the hole open for it's you like, it's like more of a swarm approach right? yeah they just kind of yeah it wouldn't i just don't i don't know and also like and when also a vampire bat cute yeah and when a vampire bat bat like bites you um you wouldn't especially with animals they wouldn't necessarily realize it because there's something in their saliva that like when they bite it just automatically numbs them oh, so they I wouldn't know that. feel That's that cool. yeah so like i could understand that like a bat could like sit there and latch on but it doesn't drain the whole sheep so it doesn't make sense yeah um but like of course once the internet gets a hold of something it just gets ruined so i fully believe like all these sightings past like the year 2000 were coyotes with mange or another animal um there's just no debating it at all yeah like i agree you can't debate on it but in 1995 the weird alien seen by madeline and others that throws me for a loop yeah so I was I was literally gonna say exactly that. So my thought here is uh, the original sighting might have been something otherworldly yeah. slash spooky. Um, the whole you know two thousand livestock in a year is suspicious. That all sounds like something spooky to me. I think the rest of it is just the internet took it and ran with it, and now you know the wind blows the wrong way. It's a chupacabra, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it. I believe where it originated something might be up something's definitely other up. than that i think it's people like us just having yeah. fun <laughs> yeah because like it's like in 1995 like the el chupacabra in puerto rico there's no evidence of the creature they've never found evidence um there's no yeah they never found a corpse there no right? no corpse quote and they've never had like real no like real explanation to it yeah so that's that's the spooky hour theory something creepy happened in puerto rico and then yeah everybody just shot a bunch of coyotes because of it. <laughs> because of it that's exactly it so the internet just got a hold of it and like and just like twisted the story and now everyone's that's kind of the that's fun exactly thing about happened. like lore and stuff like that though and and mm-hmm. like these uh what cryptids i think is what they're called is like it starts sometimes it could start as something so stupid and so small and then you get this like huge story out of it and then it's different in every yeah. culture it's different in every city like everyone has their own spin on exactly. it so it's, it's fun even if it's not always believable and not always true it's fucking fun i like it yeah exactly it's like it's kind of like a broken telephone oh my god yeah everyone's everyone's still stuck on playing broken telephone yeah, <laughs> that's what it is i love that <laughs> yeah um so again i fully believe that there's something weird out in puerto rico that's i don't think it's like as serious now um and i know like the mayor back in 1995 1996 was up for re-election so some people believe that like um i didn't get too like i didn't write this into my script so i didn't get too much detail about it but some people's theory uh, on it is like the mayor made it a big deal for like re-election so he can get re-elected but also for puerto rico to kind of go against the states to i don't know how or why but because there's so much shit going on between puerto rico and the states and like not being able to be like like federally like they're not they're considered a u.s citizen they're just but they're not like really yeah so it was kind of like a, a a shot at the states just to try to get like stuff like I don't know. It's just a weird. I didn't go too much into it because it's just so political, yeah. <laughs> and I don't like those theories. It's also and kind it's of a, a strange it could be a theory. Very... This guy wanted to get reelected, so he killed two thousand sheep. <laughs> yeah, like what? But also, they kind of wanted. To, it's also like um, for Puerto Rico, at least. It's kind of like um, a thing. Like when you think of Puerto Rico, some people are like, "Oh, the El Chupacabra." Like it's just something they think of, and it like it attracts people gotcha. to Puerto Rico. So it's like uh, it's like their own 
lore their own like they own it yeah exactly exactly like that. that's kind of well not cute yeah but, you know <laughs> it's it's, it's a, a thing, thing. <laughs> so it's a thing like i do i do kind of believe like there because there was a secret military base that was just outside of port like outside of this um oh my god what is it called uh I'm sc- yeah canovasis it's like um, area 51 but there. yeah kind of like it's like whatever they were working on kind of escaped yeah. and now it's just just fucking did see i would believe that i would um i saw the funniest post so off topic um but it was like after watching everybody storm the capital we totally could have made it past area 51 (laughs) yeah so true (laughs) we definitely could not to make light of the horrific domestic terrorist attack but it made me laugh a little (laughs) yeah the only thing to laugh at that's funny um so i guess you guys let us know your theories uh yeah. is the chupacabra real let us know yeah do you agree with us that the puerto rico chupacabra is real and that everyone everyone that else is just making shit up making shit they're scared of coyotes with mange <laughs> <laughs> like after 2000 i fully believe it doesn't exist yeah i totally i agree yeah it's just crazy i just i had to talk about it and my dad's like obsessed with it and so there you yeah go, dad. i also love there when you, go, you do dad. creature tales too i think they're fun yeah and the little chupacabra the way it's like depicted like there's so many different stories because it's like it's called goat sucker in spanish so that's what the name comes from and it's <laughs> just time. hilarious every time it's so great um, so yeah let us know your theories come hang out with us come be friends yeah we have instagram it's we a do. spooky hour podcast uh we also have twitter i think it's spooky hour yeah and we have an email it's the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com send us your spooky tales yeah we we haven't done an episode in a while we would like to do one so send them in i know you're holding back on us i know you have more and if you don't (laughs) yeah and if you don't know what spooky tales is if you have crazy personal paranormal murdery stories that you wish to share with us and you'd like us to feature you on our episode email yeah. us that's what the spooky tales is yeah i guess we haven't we kind of just assumed everyone knows by now but i guess we do have some new listeners so yeah <laughs> yeah so send us your own personal tales and we will feature them on an episode we'll say your name which is like really cool because we're like super famous um <laughs> i'm not even commenting on that it's it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no but just send it in we like them it's fun yeah we like reading them stay spooky stay spooky friends bye bye <laughs>